Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's just me and Dan here today. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> I'm excited about it. Um, I was gonna, man. I just, I just keep hitting fast forward. I was going to say what could be the last live show of the year, but it ain't, is it? No, nope, I think we have one, one more. more. One more live show. All right. And I think we're taking a break until like January third, right? Yeah, it sounds, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. January, well, the last we'll have a couple. January fourth. Couple thriller. couple reruns. Yeah, we'll, we'll be a, back on the air. Is it the tenth? Yeah, I guess it'd be the tenth. The tenth. Yes. The fourth. We've inked the our. The fourth di- is a Saturday. I can't be here. I'm. That's fine, but then let's just still get it right. Then the eleventh is the next Saturday. Oh. The eleventh, okay. The eleventh, <laughs> January. You, you don't have to be here, damn. You gotta have the right That's number fine. on the day. That's fine. Yeah, the eleventh. I was kind of. I was saying numbers, <laughs> looking for that eye contact validation in this room. Didn't get it. And I'm, well, I'm the one I just have this KBC <laughs> mask over my face. You just couldn't see me. I was trying to yeah. will you into the 11th. And, of course, I was no help, and I have the calendar right next to me on the wall. Right, I, that's why I was looking <laughs> at you. I was looking at you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll be we'll be back. We have one more live show after this one this year. And then we've uh, inked our, our contract for the 2020 season. The and, 2020 season, <laughs> and we'll be back on the air on the 11th. By the way, um, Motor Mouse just re uh, redid a contract too, so nice. both of you guys are back for next. Tis the year. season for there it is. financial yeah. commitments. There it yeah. is. renewing financial commitments. Yeah, you know, Garrett Cole gets like 320 something million dollars, and <laughs> baseball. We, we wait. We pay to be on here. Uh, some yeah. Remember. Uh, <laughs> The Angels this this year had a lot of talk about working out a deal with the city about you know wanting to improve the stadium and all of the space around it. Mm. Garrett Cole got one million dollars less for his contract than the Angels got to buy the stadium and the hundred and thirty six acres that surround it. Crazy. Think about that to work only once every five days. <laughs> Pretty wild. <sighs> Something good about that. Wow. It's a whole lot of money. It's yeah. called financial security. Yeah. It's got a lot of that now. That's right. You know what I saw driving in this morning? I just remembered. Um, I saw the um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, my gosh. On the road? Yeah. It was, was, it, going, turning, was oh. it going 88? No, it wasn't. It was uh, making a left at Orchid and Laurel. <laughs> Are you sure that's what it was? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't it the electric the full... one that has like the 
No, no, no. This, this car was... gets 100 miles a gallon or something on the back window? No, no. Huh. This was the DeLorean. This is it. <laughs> it had the whole uh, flux capacitor modification no as well. Oh, yeah. No wow. way. thing was the real deal. Wow. Huh. Was headed out towards landfill? I don't know. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was turning to, go to come here. To go I, fill I have no idea what it was doing. Yeah, maybe go to get <laughs> Mr. Fusion plugged in and get some trash fuel. Oh, Who man. knows? Wild. So yeah, do we know? Does that car, like from the actual movie, liver? Like, does someone own it around here? I mean, if not, you're Crazy. starting the rumor now. So I saw it. This thing was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't just any old '80s DeLorean. This was a. Uh, because those are real common. You just need to talk to the guy and say, look, I need to see the flux capacitor. Then I mean, it had the you. whole big j- jet engine back end thing. Yeah. I mean, it was. Maybe it, it was, was it. It was yeah, the thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And plug in that flux capacitor, man. And then. I know. Then we'll know for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I bet huh. I bet it could be here. Huh. I mean, there's a lot of people with money here. <clears throat> yeah. San Luis is kind of the place to be. Never really know. Uh, boy, what a big week this week was, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that there was a lot of things, but there were some significant things. Some economic data for sure. Some trade stuff. Some Brexit things. A brew again. Yeah, election over in the U.K., a Fed rate uh, decision this week. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. A lot going on. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. This is what? This was the sec. We have basically one more normal week in this calendar year before the holidays just get things all messed up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This. Did you see lately? Uh, did you see lately that boomers has become like a um people are starting to take offense with using the term term boomer oh, like I've in terms of baby boomer yeah it's kind of like an ageism yeah uh, and insult. well so but so now some of the young the younger generation you know for i guess we'll call them the millennials are uh saying things like you know okay boomer like like starting to put it into this negative light mm-hmm. and not everybody's caught up i saw an interesting article this week on business insider that says millennials don't want to buy baby boomers sprawling multi-bedroom homes and it's creating major problems in real estate markets they were showing uh some stats of some different markets around the country where um some of the those um, people that are kind of right-sizing in the smaller, more manageable homes are having trouble selling their big problems um, or their big homes and that the younger generation doesn't seem to want to buy them up. They want preferring smaller, easier-to-maintain, uh, kind of minimalist type of houses. Of course, I mean, I think you could probably – Prove what you want with statistics. Say, do they really prefer that, or is that what they're able to afford? And <laughs> you know, 
there's sir will you be having the filet no 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 i don't want that i'll have the macaroni i prefer the fish <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you see the, the complete opposite end of that um the non-minimalist totally non-minimalist the, you know, if you like the, the Garrett Coles of the world. Yeah, it was the, the uh, Beverly Hillbillies Mansion. <laughs> sure, sold for a hundred and fifty million dollars. It's quite the a bit highest, of money. The highest price ever paid for a private residence. Wow. Yesterday or the day before. Wow. Dang. A lot yeah. of dough. Yeah. Out there. A lot of, of property course. taxes. It sounds like a lot of property taxes to me. Now I didn't know that, <laughs> but. Apparently, behind that mansion was the home of uh, Ronald and Nancy Reagan, and that's also on the property. Oh, so I didn't know that one. Hmm. But um, but yeah, it's uh, the Beverly Hillbillies mansion. It's sold for one hundred fifty million dollars. You know, the uh, a- annual property tax bill for that is uh, right around one point six million dollars. Wow! Do oh. you imagine paying one point six million dollars a year just in property taxes? Yeah, Piece but- of cake. But on the other hand, if you can afford to spend $150 million on a home. Well, (laughs) you better budget for all that because that's an every year thing. When we were talking about Garrett Cole's contract earlier, that was my first thought. You said financial security, and I thought you could still screw that up. Um, There's countless stories about really wealthy people that buy – something significant like that and it has a significant maintenance and insurance cost yeah the the insurance the property taxes and then the maintenance of a property like that could be like that property that you're describing that's probably Probably full-time staff four or five million dollars a year to maintain that property and so if you did that because you had some (laughs) windfall income in one year without a really good plan of how to, you know, because over a decade, that's another 50 million bucks. Right. Right. And that's if it doesn't end up needing a roof in that period. <laughs> right. So it takes a lot of really careful planning um, to, to take into consideration. You know, what's funny, too, is if you slash a couple zeros off of that, I was helping some first time home buyers. Um, they got into contract this week and we were discussing property taxes and impounds. And um, sometimes people are really surprised by that. It's like, well, you're buying a $600,000 house in a Tascadero. And, um, you know, so the property taxes we got down here on the estimate is 666 a month. And they're like, what? How, how, property taxes of 600 and almost 670 a month? Well, yeah, you got to, I mean, and 1%, and like, well, that's ridiculously high. And it's like, <laughs> well, it could possibly be higher. There are other states where it's higher. Now, it's granted. The same percentage for everybody. In yeah. Other area. things switch a little bit in those other states where, you know, you might be able to get some things cheaper and some things more, but um, that's certainly something to contend with. And sometimes people don't realize that. Property taxes can be overwhelming. Yeah, and it, it led to this whole conversation too about the, the having the impound account, not only the convenience of it, but just smoothing out the budget here. There's probably people listening to the show right now that that just just wrote their property tax <laughs> and are looking at that two or three or four or five thousand dollar check clear their account right before Christmas, wishing that they had been paying. Monthly instead of twice a year. Well, I, you know, I, I, 
I live in a three-bedroom home in Morro Bay. Bought it a while ago for what now feels like a fairly modest price. So my property taxes are pretty reasonable. I'm in the like 500 buck a month kind of property tax range. And every now and then I'm always interested in you know what four-bedroom homes are out there. And quickly in this county, you... You move, you know, past the two or three options under a million dollars. And before you know it, you're looking at two, two and a half, three million dollar homes. And you're like, God. And then I start thinking about the property taxes. $3,000 a month for life. And 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 going up. And going up. And then I think about, well, you know, a big part of my retirement plan is not having a huge housing payment. Right. Um, that's, that's not fitting in with that plan. That feels like a huge housing payment that doesn't ever go away. So yeah, you definitely have to think about that annual tax burden, annual hazard insurance burden, uh, the maintenance of a home. Um, and you can't drive a, your Toyota pickup or your Honda up to your mansion. You You're going to get shamed. You're going <laughs> right. to get shamed. Maserati or no entry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that uh, my my daughter and I, the other day, we were looking at homes. Sometimes we'd just look at like listings for sale, like in the luxury market. And like I was looking at property in the north county there was one listing in particular that was 20 million dollars and i'm like man i mean i guess there are those people are out there you got to be you got to be something special and then you know and she was like well if you were like an actor or something and you got 20 million dollars for a movie you could buy that house and i'm like but then what mm-hmm. you know you have significant taxes insurance maintenance costs it's so much money I would say that the Beverly Hillbillies mansion sold to Rupert Murdoch's son. Oh, so there's there's a there's a money chain coming. Yeah, for sure. He knows yeah. where his next meal's yeah, going. Exactly. Yeah, he's not sweating <laughs> property taxes the way we think about. No. Them. no, man. You ever you ever peruse through those multi million dollar listings like here in Slow County? I do, and I'm I'm telling you, it happens kind of accidentally sometimes. Where I'm just like, yeah, what? Well, there's four bedroom. That four bedroom's nice. I could do this, and then I look at the price tag, and I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong category. Some of them should have put a price cap on this. This was literally <laughs> like two nights ago. Ashton and I were looking through properties, and um, I was just I was kind of blown away, and then the difference between what you could get for like two million and four million versus ten or twenty million, mm. and I'm like, man, I probably feel like I could just get content with the two million dollar house. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, it had a wine cellar. <laughs> I don't even drink wine, but like, man, there's a whole room for that. I'm pretty sure you could fit my bedroom into the master closet of one of these houses. I'm like, uh, I looked at the pictures and my daughter's like, ooh, I love that closet. I'm like, I would need to go shopping. <laughs> my clothes would look silly in that closet. <laughs> There's room for like 40 shirts and like 50 pairs of shoes. Pretty wild. All right. Uh, time to do the first commercial break here, the first hour, and take some time out to thank the sponsors. And we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes.
Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like social security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. And MLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Spirits up, we're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. All right, welcome back, you guys. The feelings here. So we kind of foreshadowed this in the in the opening segment of the show, but um. The Fe- our Federal Open Market Committee met this week, had the December meeting. It was an opportunity for a, a rate cut. December's been a month where they like to do those, too. Yeah, so this is the first December in a few where we haven't seen movement from mm-hmm. the Fed. And uh, so, yeah, they ultimately decided not to cut interest rates and um, leave them where they are, which is... Uh, currently, it's one and a half to one and three quarters is the the target rate, and um, you know the, the the message was pretty much as expected. You know that the economy is still showing some strength, and as long as uh, what's been going on keeps going on, that we shouldn't expect 
any real change likely through 2020. Do you believe them? I know that's what they want, right? Yeah. I, I think the, yeah, I believe the sentiment today, um, you know, but it's subject to change as, as market conditions change. So as of today and where we stand today, yeah, I believe that they're in a holding pattern for the foreseeable future. It's kind of funny lately, you know, so we, we want the Fed to give us some assurances as to, you know, what's the climate? Where are we headed? You know, what are economic indicators, current economy? What's the environment we should expect going forward? And so it's become such a part of it. And the Fed is, is trying hard to predict, you know, yet they just always leave this door open about, well, we're just going to react to what's happening when it happens. Well, it's no different from choosing what you're going to wear next Friday. What are you going to wear next Friday, Jason? Well, let me check the weather and see what it says today about next Friday. <clears throat> and then when I check it on Monday and Wednesday and third, you know, as I as it gets closer, I'll continue to check and we'll see if something changes. That's mm-hmm. all the Fed's doing based on today and what we know today and what's likely to happen going forward. This is our plan. And then as as the uh, as life happens and, and things unexpectedly change, then they modify the plan in the new quarterly forecast it showed the median estimate for the fed's fund rate at 1.6 percent at the end of 2020 so doing their best to forecast out a year um, they forecasted 1.9 percent in 2021 and 2.1 percent in 2022 so the fed essentially you know and again this is subject to change based on on economic feedback, but is really looking at somewhere between a quarter or maybe a half a point-ish in change over the next couple of years. And I think more importantly, what they're saying is we're done with the rate cutting. And hopefully, if the economy you know, does what we hope it, it will... Our next move, whenever that may be, whether it's a year out, a year and a half out or whatever, is to raise rates. That's right. So I think that's that's the overall takeaway. Don't get too bogged down in the specifics of the increments of move and all that. It's just, you know, their thoughts right now are that we don't need to cut anymore. And hopefully the economy reacts the way we want it to, which they've already in this policy statement um, you know, we're more upbeat about the overall economic conditions and what their policy changes of the last year have have done for the economy. They've they felt good about what they've done. And, um, you know, they're feeling like if all goes according to plan, the next move for them will be moving rates higher because the economy is just catching steam there. It's just, you know, slow and steady. Things are doing good. So that's what we hope. We hope they're right. Yeah, I you know, I do think that the. A few, a couple of months ago, a few months ago, when we were anticipating whether the Fed was going to make these reductions, and I, I know, I mean, I expressed it on the radio as often as we talked about. It. I had a lot of nervousness about why the Fed would be willing in the current economy to um, want to move rates in an accommodative fashion, uh, and looking at it now. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced that I understand 
too much of, you know, the benefit or the lift or whatever. I think if anything, it's a psychological thing for the economy um, and every member of the economy to feel like that, that the Fed is really at the wheel. They're really paying attention. They're willing to use the tools when they need to use them. Um, you know, I know, I understand it. It eases borrowing costs to some degree, makes things just cheaper to the consumer, which is obviously going to help keep money in motion. Um, also pretty hard to debate that the feds cutting these rates, um, aren't one of the main reasons for the stock market going as crazy as it has, which is really interesting. When you look back over the course of the year, when I watch these financial shows, I see these guys are talking about stocks in the, in the different indices that are performing at 30, 35, 50% increases over just in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Which reminds me of yesteryear when we were kind of heading in that early 2000s, heading into financial trouble, learning of stocks and different things that were on these 35% a year appreciations where you look at earnings ratios and other indications of stock and you're like, man, I, this doesn't feel like this should be doing this. So, Kind of feels like there's a lot of of uh, momentum in the stock market. Um, it does to me also feel like it's a little a bit driven by this low interest rate policy. Um, you know, it seems like everything, every stock is at or near a record high. Um, so whenever you get to new high water marks, it always makes me a little nervous that. You know, there's nowhere to go but down or something. But I don't know. That's not true. It's obviously things can keep going higher. Um, yeah, you could have made that case when the Dow was at twenty three thousand. Sure, you you definitely twenty four thousand, twenty five thousand, yeah, 000. any of those. Yeah, whole, the whole way along the way. And had you had you <laughs> sidelined your investments by taking that conservative approach of moving to cash, you'd be missing out, right? Sure. I mean, this is that this is that interesting thing. I mean, I know I I told you this, but I I emailed the financial advisor and said if I wanted to move some stuff to cash, is this the right way to do it? And um, I was expecting a real a real backlash about that and and he basically said no i can i can understand why you would think that uh, and for the record this was more than 2 months ago that i got this information moved nothing to cash um but i'm i'm particularly interested to see you know i i feel like next year um i worry that next year may have um just some correction in general you know i'm not anticipating 30% correction, but I do think we probably are. I mean, the stock market's overdue for some kind of correction, right? Five or 10%. It shouldn't surprise anybody if that if that's what happens. Yeah. I'm still, you know, as far as the the rate cutting this this year, I'm still kind of on the fence as to whether it was necessary or not. I'm not sure that I feel any great change in economic activity other than a small window opened for people who bought homes in the last year or two that could get a little bit lower rate, save a few hundred bucks. Um, but otherwise, I don't know that I feel much different about the economy. Um, so there's some increased GDP and 
I mean, I, I know it's hard to know whether it's a result of this correct. rate cutting or if it was just going to go but, this way. Anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, though, Dean, I, you got to just and this is the part that I think is a little bit voodoo here is a lot of this just comes down to consumer confidence and overall sentiment in terms of is the economy being handled correctly? Um. Yeah, you got to get out there and spend your money. That's your that's your part as a cog in the American machine here is get out there and put your money at play, um, make some investments, open a business, you know, do what you can to, to be your your piece of getting money in motion. And I think people are more inclined to do that. Um, but to use interest rate policy to slow or stop a potential correction like you're describing right you're expecting next year is that the right use of that tool i mean we know throughout history the economy goes in cycles right and if we've been on a great run for a decade or more and maybe just because uh, it's at that time of the cycle or for whatever reason <laughs> we're just poised for a slowdown of some kind not any real pain, just a normal cyclical slowdown. Um, is cutting interest rates the right move? Or is this one of those things where, I don't know, I'm trying to find an analogy, like even just parenting, you know, sometimes you just got to let your kids bump into something. You can't, you can't bubble wrap everything. Sometimes you just got to absorb the pain. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing. If if the economy is going to slow down at some point, is this going to do anything other than just delay what's inevitable? Well, Sometimes it's better to let your kids just bump into things. Exactly. They learn that, hey, man, I should be way. more careful. That you thing know, hurts. As as you got to have some spatial <laughs> awareness here. That was a sharp corner. Yeah, as long as there's <laughs> not Missing this left hospital. eye. I liked that left eye. Yeah, if there's not going to be a hospital trip involved, then maybe it's better to just kind of let them bump into things and learn the hard way. Use that and this is that idea of free markets. The, the older I like the older I get, the more I think about um, how one of the one of the interesting things about being young, and I mean, it's probably just romanticized in my life, um, in my mind. But like, I picture that like young people from past generations were willing to grind out their hard work and wait for their fair share. And I think today's mentality, and not that I'm just attacking young people, I think it's been a shift in most people's mentality here, but um, the human race today largely feels like um, we we respond best to instant gratification. And any sort of delayed gratification has uh, is is the value really there? Like, should I? Put off that, you know, and just do the old thing where you, so you want to buy this thing, right? Um, well, you would make sacrifices and you would save as much of your discretionary income as you can for long enough to achieve your savings goal to go on the trip or buy the thing or do the wedding or whatever it is that, that was that big thing where you, you so the gratification there is delayed and there's lots of sacrifice to it. And now these new generations here, um, and we're probably arguably part of it, um, is like, well, hang on a minute. Uh, what do you need? 
Yeah, but Visa card would do it for you, right? Well, I don't like the interest. Well, how about 0% interest for 12 months and just catch up later? Get the thing today. You don't need all the sacrifice. And I feel like it's sort of created this everything we do is like, well, how fast can it happen? Can I have it today? Do you have two-day shipping? I'd like it now. Is there some place I can just go get it for the same price? You know, all these – we just want everything right now. And so – as we continue to just really grow that part of our psyche, I think you end up in this position too where, well, and at the same time, if you could forego the sore muscles after the workout, you probably should. Um, so, you know, and this is, this is my like metaphor to the Fed is like, well, no one really wants a recession, right? And you have the power to not have one, don't you? And then everybody starts like ringing the fire alarm about, hey, everybody, the GDP is like just about to go under two. We should probably start... You know, getting rates down and trying to nose this thing up and brace for a real soft landing instead of any kind of correction that's going to cause anybody pain. That's all right. That's kind of how I think about it is it's the, like, I think the Fed is more or less like coming to the level of of where we are now, which is like, do everything you can to insulate my world. Um, and I'll, yeah. I'll take what I want now and, and, and don't worry about what the, you know, the pain for taking it now instead of later is, you know, and that's the thing about with the fed. It's like, well, using rate manipulation solves economic crisis. So if you use it when you're arguably not in a crisis, you don't have that tool in the bag when you're in a crisis. That's what I worry about. You know, and then it's like our president says, well, just do negative interest rates. Uh, it's been going on in some other places, and you could, you could go take a look. It doesn't work great. It's not doing great for the places that are doing negative rates out of necessity. So uh, probably better off to try to leave yourself you know, plenty of headroom between here and zero so that you don't even have to contemplate negative rates and yeah. the pain associated with that. <clears throat> It's funny, the cynic in me is thinking, yeah, well, I, I understand that side where that, you know, where the person receiving the instant gratifications needs are being met, you know, in a <sighs> in a fast manner like that. But I, it's also kind of self-serving for the, the company behind the sale, you know, whether it's Amazon or oh, yeah. whatever. I oh, mean, yeah. they're they're. They're eliminating whatever barrier there was for you to make that purchase. But oh, oh, you need it faster. Okay, I'll give, we'll give it to you faster. You ready to buy now? You ready to buy now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a trick. <laughs> it's well, not look. about instant gratification. It's about instant sales. Well, but now they've <laughs> now they've had a hundred years though of hiring some of the smartest minds in the room to figure out how to get you to spend money faster. Mm -hmm. And they're at it all day, every day. When you're asleep, they're at it. That's right. Yeah, Tucker and I were at a baseball game this year, and he finally was like, man, the um, there's so much advertising here. And I started thinking about that. There's definitely more than we were kids. I remember going to those baseball games where there was some stuff. Like It was definitely like Farmer John made the hot dogs, and you knew it, right? But now it's like... And this pitch is brought to you by this company. And look yeah. out here to the dot co scoreboard and over there is, you know, and this just, is the speedy oil change pitching change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, now do you see the new uh baseball unis are gonna be they're like no NASCAR. longer they're no longer majestic uniforms, which had a little logo on the sleeve. Now they're gonna be Nike uniforms that are gonna start to do what the NBA is doing, which is have advertising right on the chest of the uniform. So right now it's just a Nike swoosh, 
but you know it's a gateway to oh for sure the NBA. I don't know if you guys watch NBA basketball, but those guys they have a full on corporate sponsor right on their. But there's chest. only one. There's I'm only one before right too long. It's going to be like NASCAR. Oh, where, where you're just littered. Up yeah, it's like this. <laughs> this, well, because you know, like, do it look like a little league T-shirt? You know, on like back. NASCAR, like a hood. The hood is worth like you know a million dollars a race or something. It's a blank canvas for you, my friend. How do you want to do it? And they break it up and they sell this little corner and this little corner. Right, um, all the spots are available to be purchased by the sponsors. Yeah, and depending on whose uniform it is, too, it's going to be costing you more. Yeah, maybe. Huh? You know, somebody gets more playing time, not any specific player. But That's anyway, the part, like, I know. laugh at NASCAR, and I literally have to remind myself that, no, this is how it works. There are people whose favorite driver buys Frosted Flakes, eats Frosted Flakes on the Frosted Flake commercial. He's the Frosted, Frosted Flakes box guy now. And those people at the store are like, well, I only eat Frosted Flakes. Kenny eats Frosted Flakes. It's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Let's win, team. And they buy Frosted Flakes. So I look at that and I'm like, I have to remind myself there are people that live that way. They There's really a reason. Do. They make decisions. There's a reason these companies are spending all that money to be on those cars or on those jerseys. Which I just think is crazy, right? Yeah. But I get it too because, like, if your favorite rapper has the new whatever shoe or whatever right yeah headphones <laughs> they're seen in public you know on instagram right they're seen in public with this backpack and it's like hey where did he get that backpack i need one i'm gonna get one i'm gonna be the only guy at school that has one because this dude has it i mean it works right it does. so before too long that'll be a you you really like you know durant nah here you go well, what's on his shirt well, he's into Sony and Nike and <laughs> See, is instant gratification about this new younger generation just needing things now or is it about big corporate America figuring out how to get the sale now? Yeah, but they have to know though. They have to know that we're we're highly receptive to it, right? Yeah. They're working, they're pulling the switches that we're like, pull, <laughs> yeah. pull the switches, please. <laughs> oh, you're pulling them. I like that. I like that. All right, we'll do the last commercial break here the first hour. We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. That's 805-772-6786. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. guys welcome back got the get the holiday music coming in pretty heavy here in yeah, december why not you recognize this band right you better i mean it's it's, it's not a little a, early in the song i feel like to be able to recognize okay. it's a um, grateful dead's version i mean i would have guessed just based on the the clue but I mean, it could, at this point, it still could be Dave Matthews Band. It could be. Uh, is it? Is it with any Grisman mandolin? Yeah. I'm turning around so you can see that. Oh, now it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, cool. I think Bob Weir and Jerry Garcia. It looks like Bob Weir up there. Yeah. Anyway. 
I'm really enjoying every night going home, putting Christmas music on as we're making dinner and mm-hmm. doing the dinner thing and all that. It's a fun time of year. It's not the dead, though. It's Jerry sitting in. Oh. Was that a Grateful Dead? Yeah, but that the only member of the dead up there is Jerry. That's, wow. a, that's a sit-in with a whole other band. Well, okay. It works, though, right? Sounds great. <laughs> it is good. Appreciate the nod. All right. Last night, we took the family to the Nutcracker at the Performing Arts Center. It was a fun night. Great Sorry. place. It is a great place. Great venue. Beautiful. It was uh, uh, my both my children's first experience with the arts. With uh, yeah, live performing live arts. performing arts. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's yeah, fun. my daughter was on the edge of her seat, just captivated by the whole thing. Well, she's done some dance, right? She's done some dance, and what was really cool was. Um, I recognized a few of the faces in the performance from the dance classes that she's been in yeah. before. So that was that was neat to see familiar Fun. faces. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Yeah, it's all weekend. I know you're taking your family We're tonight. We're going tonight. Yeah. And yeah, and this was um <clears throat> this for me this uh, and I'm trying really hard to get into the holiday spirit. This year I've felt um like it's just rushing past me. I'm. I haven't. I'm trying real hard to slow it down. It feels like it was pushing fast, and I'm trying my hardest to just take every day. And yeah, slow I it down. felt like all of a sudden I was like, "Whoa, today is Halloween," and then was like, "Oh my gosh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving," and I just I didn't want to hit Christmas Eve and realize that I'd more or less squandered the season by just it rushing past me. So. Want to do the show? I was want still want to go to the Cambria Christmas lights just yeah. to go stomp around if they haven't done it yet. I think we're doing that next week. I'm going up there on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. You want to go during the week for the I think the real savings? Yeah. it's like twenty five bucks on a Friday and like ten bucks on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, for I've, me I've when never you got into it before, so I oh really? Know. We've done it the last several years. It's yeah. it's cool, and every year they add they add a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you guys been fun. to the other one though? Um, the one out in Paso, the Field of Lights. Yeah, yeah, I we was, haven't. You know, there are places that go and uh, to see the Christmas stuff is the Hearst Castle. They yeah, decorate it for Hearst, uh, for uh, Christmas. Yeah, some of my family of, over Thanksgiving um, mm-hmm. did one of the Twilight tours up there. I actually a few yeah. about six years ago I did um, a tour of Hearst Castle around this time. Yeah. And it's really cool to see the castle all decorated with the Christmas. the Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, was it cold up there that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gets gets chilly on the top of the mountain. Well, it's yeah. one of the few times they actually can uh, tour the castle at night, too, yeah. which is kind of nice. Too. Yeah, it's neat to see the castle in different different times of the day and different times of the year. Yeah, Beautiful place. One of my favorite places in the world to visit is Hearst Castle. I've always liked it. I don't know why. It's it's remarkable. That yeah. IMAX movie that that you can see there too. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, for the people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, it's worth a trip up there. And make sure you get a tour that at least includes getting to watch that IMAX video in the beginning of you know kind of the story of the property and uh, yeah, super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place. So speaking of uh, Christmas lights, Christmas lights come from China. <laughs> Um, big news this week on the uh, on the trade front. 
Is this a snoozer? I think so. <laughs> Just desensitized to the Chinese trade talk agreement deals? The problem I have is that I don't know what to accept as truth. Mm. Um, I think that's my biggest problem is there's a lot of a lot of bluster. I don't know. There's a about lot about what will and won't be accepted by both parties. Um, whether or not tremendous progress is being right, made or exactly. not. Exactly. That's my problem. And to, yeah. I, I think at this point with this administration, until I see it in writing, until I see some something that clearly indicates to me that an agreement has been made, I'm only. I'm just not going to believe what's said. It's just rhetoric to me. Yeah, I I felt kind of similarly um, of just they agreed to continue working on legal agreements, and in the interim, we're going to roll off some of the tariffs. Was it what tomorrow? Was it the fifteenth? Was the big day that I think so? You know, another two hundred and fifty or two hundred sixty billion dollars worth of uh, goods are go under tariff and. Um, yeah, I, I, similarly, you know, the, for and I'm sure there are people like uh, that are paying much closer attention to things like this or things like Brexit. But I was going to say similarly for me is like Brexit it's just droning on in the background. Yeah. And if you were if you had real ties, um, you know, and I, I, mean, I have friends here that are um, have are from from there have family there thinking about this and and working on this you know this is a significant thing in their life for me like i didn't uh, i didn't watch the royal wedding you guys watch all that stuff get all super into it no but no like so in in general i don't like hunker way down into these european things but but like right now i mean some big things have happened this week in terms of election and um sort of renewing this idea that the Brexit is seems like it's going to happen as a matter of when. And, um, but again, similarly to this trade stuff is like, well, that should be a really big deal. But I just think the world is just fatigued right now with the constant chatter and the no action. Don't know. Well, we're used, I mean, just coming off of the conversation from the last segment about this instant gratification, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. we're conditioned now. Make a trade deal. If we're gonna Monday. if we're gonna hear about something, there better be something meaningful to talk Resolution. about. Otherwise, why are we even talking about it? Yeah, because there's, you know, I don't have time to listen to your stories about what may or may not happen. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I that's how I feel about these trade deals, about Brexit. Um, it's just, as long as it's still in the news, that means we're still just talking about it. <laughs> Let me know when we're at the 11th hour and we can talk about what happened, yeah. not what's going to happen. Just the fatigue. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there was a, an announcement of some type of progress with the trade negotiations yesterday. Um, I know one of the big takeaways was about agricultural buys from China that they or, – or made by China that they would be – According to whatever deal is imminent, um, that they're they're going to not only continue buying agricultural products at the same uh, pace as they did in 2017. That was kind of their benchmark year for structuring this agreement. But they will add to that 
level of purchasing. So they in 2017, they bought about $24 billion worth of ag products from the U.S. And then they're looking to do that plus buy an additional 12 to $14 billion of ag products. And then in addition to that, they're, they want to make a good faith effort to buy an additional five billion, five to $10 billion of agricultural products. So, you know, there's three levels of buys here, you know, replicating what they did two years ago, adding on to that, and then making a best effort to do even better than that. So it all sounds great, I guess, but it's not inked. The New York Times... Um, or as it's now well known, the failing New York Times. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, their opening um, kind of paragraph about this I thought was good. Um, it basically said that Friday they'd reached an initial trade deal which helped diffuse tensions of the 19-month trade war avoided another round of punishing tariffs scheduled for this weekend. Um, and I was like, man, no wonder I'm worn out. It's almost been two years of this. I know. And how many times there have been, you know, so close to a deal that is always uh, the day before, or in this case, two days before the the deadline of, of added tariffs. And I think it's, you know, I remember earlier it was like, well, we're going to do these, we're going to make these tariffs on this day. And everyone was like, no, we're not. That's not going to happen. That's not good. We're not going to do that. And it was like, oh, whoa, we kind of did that. And then, you know, so it's taken this long to have all these conversations and get through it. Um, but ultimately, it's it's a little bit of a kicking of the can down the road just in terms of the there's more details that have to be all ironed out. But the good news is um, it it prevents the tariffs um, that were the new tariffs that were to be levied tomorrow from um, going into effect. I have no issue with the two-year timeline. This is a complicated negotiation between the two largest economies in the world, right? There's got to, this has got to be hard to figure out. It's, it's, three months in suggesting you're nearly done with negotiations and six months in doing the same and all that yeah. that's what gets all right top tired. of the hour commercial break here we've got a we have a whole nother hour here of mortgage matters so take about this five minute break and be right back have a holly jolly christmas it's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see. I'm actually watching that right now. Oh, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Have a holly jolly Christmas. You started your Christmas shopping yet? Are you done with your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, no, 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 no. Not done. I have barely started. Barely started, okay. Yeah, barely started. That's where my, I feel like I'm at, too. My wife told me what to get her, um, so I picked up a couple of those no-brainers. Mm. And then, uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm 
completely flapping. We got to figure it out. Got to make some time. Are you the reason that retail sales started off kind of slow this holiday season? Uh, no, I, absolutely not. I <laughs> absolutely not. Like I told you before, I spent almost two thousand dollars on Black Friday on oh, electronics. Okay. So um, I was. I felt like that not was gifts. more. These no, no, work. these are work related <laughs> items. But nonetheless, count them in the figure. Sure. Uh, so I feel like I absolutely did more than my fair share. If every American put two G's down on electronics on Black Friday, this country would, I don't even know what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) What would happen? I don't know. Be a good start to the season, I guess. Yeah. Would be amazing. Okay. So not me. I did my part. All right. Thanks, though. Yeah. Trying to rope me into the... The poor number there. <laughs> we did have a retail sales reading on Friday, um, which disappointed economists a little bit. They were expecting a, a larger month-over-month increase, expecting a half percent yeah, increase. Yeah, now this is just for no- November, right? Yeah, this is the November reading, so that would have been... It, it should have incorporated that you know weekend right after, or at least... The Friday, Saturday, right after Thanksgiving. Sure. Um, which are typically some big days. Although with with now with Cyber Monday and all the days, it's hard to know if Black Friday is the big shopping day anymore. I'm already... I'm all... I saw articles on the internet. <laughs> I saw articles on the internet that were comparing. Is it better to do your shopping on Black Friday or Cyber Monday? Well, there's a Green Monday, too. Well, what's that? I don't know. I saw it on the Today Show. So the Monday after Cyber Monday, um, is there just, it's the retailers, um, so they're showing like Best Buy, Walmart, you know, big box retailers having, creating this opportunity to just elongate this radical savings season, um, which is interesting because it's truly just the spending season. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I have like a few different email accounts, right? I have a Hotmail account that I think I got when I was like 18 years old. You call it junk mail? Oh, it's pretty <laughs> overrun. It's pretty overrun. It's so like if account. that's the thing, if that's the like, oh, and we just need an email address from you, Mr. Grody, no problem. No problem. Hotmail. Yeah. Grody <laughs> Jason at Hotmail.com. You can send it whatever you want. I don't even open it. <laughs> Surprise Hotmail even allows it to be open because it's got like – all of the gigabytes worth of spam in it and it never gets emptied um so i have that one right and then like i said i don't even go in there every now and again i log into it just to like just see it as ah look at this million messages in this thing um then i have like my icloud account which is really my personal email that i i it's very rare that i'm gonna let this email address become known by a retailer Ever, uh, right? What email address? Um, I don't know to tell you. This is, this is my private, personal private here. Um, I do, however, have it linked up to my Costco account, which is also, you know, because my city card, right? Because that's the little host of services. So that stuff all goes through my, um, through that iCloud account. And so here's the point. I get this uh, email from Costco, and I've never unsubscribed from them because it's not 
usually too frequent. They give you like the monthly specials, right? Here we have these things on special this month. So it's one email a month, whatever, no big deal. Sometimes it's tires or whatever, decent deal. Um, they do this thing right now. It's like the 12 days of um, shopping or something. I don't think it's called the 12 days of Christmas. Maybe it is. But um, each day for like day one, here's a scroll, scroll, scroll. Look at all this stuff we have. What, you know? Do you like this? Do you want some of that? How about this? We got this marked down. Um, and then it's like day two, day three, day four, day five. Um, and so for the first couple of days, I found myself looking at them like, well, if there's going to be something that's a great deal, you know, I'll check it out. Oftentimes the online stuff's different than what's in the warehouse. So I'm like, I start scrolling them. Found myself by like day four, I'm just deleting the email without even opening it. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> you could have stuff in here that's like 80% off or something that I really need. And I don't even care. I'm, I'm just fatigued by it everywhere I look. There's a deal. What's the best day to get the best deal? This guy's got this deal this day and come over here to this store on this day. And I'm looking at the whole thing. And I'm like, you guys are making me want to not have anything to do with the shopping right now. Yeah. I really feel like I think this year for me feels worse than it's ever felt before. Like where I just am exhausted by the marketing of it's a, a million miles an hour to go shop. I'm with you. And, I mean, we, we I, I love the small business thing, too, but I got to imagine San Luis Obispo is, is a lot like other other places, you know, where, um, you know, like think about downtown slow, right? They've run out so many of the, of the small businesses as we pave the way for the new, you know, regional, national, international names in town, right? So mm -hmm. it's not like you go on into, you know, one of- Bellows Sporting Goods. Yeah, or Fordins, you know, one of the yeah. shops that was downtown where you go down and, and grab the things that you get believing that you're supporting a local business now. It's just becoming harder and harder for that to be the case. And at the end of the day, it's like, well- if you're going to go shop at the Banana Republic or um, Athletica or any, you know, Lululemon, whatever, some other big brand store that's right in downtown Slow and kind of, unfortunately, all you can get your hands on anymore. Like, mm -hmm. you know, electronic stores, for example, those used to be plentiful. We don't even have a radio shack anymore in Slow. We got like Best Buy. Yeah, it was like another one was Charles Shoes that just closed. Yeah, it's and, been there for years and years and years. But right up the uh, street, Shoe Palace opened shoe up. Palace opened up. Oh, and yes. how, can, how can old Chucky yeah. Shoe keep up with Shoe Palace? Yeah. yeah. Which had like crazy amounts of square footage with minimal amounts of inventory. Yeah. Charles Shoes had quite a bit of shoes in, you know, in the use of the space well. Anyway. And a guy that could actually put the shoes on your foot and tell you whether they're the right shoe for you or yeah. not. So. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, anyway, now though, some of the new sales that are more appealing, at least to me, one of the things that I did buy, um, I went on the website and there was an offer for free two day shipping. So that's good enough for me, man. I'll buy that. And so I'm wondering now, these guys are trying to stretch out the, 
the retail sales season on us here and oh you know look at november and we expected a half a percent and it only grew by 0.2 and uh, you know we freak out about that it's like well put the two-day shipping into the mix here some of us are just not gonna be doing stuff in november we're gonna be waiting until like december 20th because a two-day shipping is very dependable right now I mean, if you're someone tells you you're going to have it in two days, you probably are. So I imagine there's a lot of shoppers that are just going to go that route. Well, and you got to think with the timing of things in in like last year, you had Thanksgiving, then you had a full weekend, and even part of the next week for those sales that holiday season yeah. to count towards November. Right. This season, you had the Friday and the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And the Sunday was December. But they knew that when they drafted their expectations. Sure. Yeah. No, that's true. That is true. And to me, it really means that the expectation is, look, um, get down here to the end of the year. This is where the rubber really meets the road on showing those people how much you love them is how much money you're going to spend on them. Here we go. And um, it was a good year. You had a good year. You had a good year. They had a good year. Your stock market's up. Your 401k is good. Your home value's good. Unemployment's low. We got good job creation, all these things. So bust open those wallets, guys. This is, it's good. It's good. We're good. Let's spend the money. And that's what it was based on. So they knew that it was even a short, weirder season and still played that card and then found out, hey, People didn't go spend as much money as we thought they were going to spend, and why? And I just think it's two-day shipping. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Well, plus, I mean, you just you remember from last year. Oh, why buy it early in the holiday season when it just seems to keep getting discounted, or you know, just the I'm deals wait keep for getting to get better. Desperate. Yeah, yeah. They, we've been conditioned to know how to. Not react to the first deal because there might even be a better deal later. Yeah. I don't know. My theme today is just fatigue. (laughs) Just fatigued by it. (laughs) Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Um, And I think it's like the other thing too is um, for me anyway, like my kids are older and – they're less impressed by little by trinkets stuff. and small things, you know, like, you know, my boys are that. like this year, they're like, well, really like school would be great if we had a MacBook. And I'm like, yeah. I just want to hey. say, can we just go back to the, the days when the box was the best thing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> now Dude. your kid's like, uh, dad, I need new rims for my car. Like, uh, yeah, that you better save up then. That's cheaper <laughs> than the MacBook. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know. And I, it's probably just me, too. The older I get, the more I'm like, man, the what sounds great about the holidays? Slowing down for a couple days, putting yeah. my feet up, <laughs> hanging out by the fire with my family, Absolutely. having a... Having a couple of great meals, seeing some people that make this the excuse to get together, thats that sounds great to me. Not just um, 
you know, wrapping up buying all the presents, things. you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 We find in our house this year that we're just like, we don't need anything. Did you guys <laughs> see, I, I ran this by my kids and it was met with great resistance. Um, the four present Christmas um, rule. Four present. Four presents. No, but I'm liking the sound of it. Quattro, right? Um, the four gift rule. And it essentially says this, um, keep this, if you're struggling with this, um, and I, I, by the way, I think I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to run into some. Um, you just pick the four most important people in your life and only buy gifts yeah, That's right. And if I'm not on the list, <laughs> then Sorry, I don't like you. You were number five. <laughs> it's close. Next year, I'm rooting for you. Four presents. Um, and this is parents for their kids type of shopping, right? But um, something they want, right? A second gift is something they need. Okay. A third gift is something to wear. And a fourth gift is something to read. And that's it. Clothes, a book, something else you need, and then a fun thing. Yeah, something you want, yeah. right? Whatever that is. Probably takes batteries. Sure. Or a charger, <laughs> <laughs> right? But then, yeah, and something you need, that's a good one. Because, like, I think about that, like, even with my kids, it's like, well... I see you like you need a decent raincoat. And I know that's not a fun gift, but that's a cool it's, it's great on a rainy day to have like yeah. a nice raincoat. Yeah. That's something you need. I mean, one of my buddies when I was younger, I uh, worked in construction, this dude was a little bit older and he got his wife a vacuum for Christmas mm. and they divorced that year. <laughs> like true story, they really divorced. And obviously it wasn't just because of the vacuum, but he told, I was like, well, you know, he would joke, well, that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, I gave her a vacuum and I'm like, you got her a vacuum because like the store was all out of salt and pepper or what? You know, that's the worst gift. And he's like, I thought it was really practical. And he's like, and I didn't just buy the cheapest vacuum. I got like a better vacuum because it felt like, you know, a gift that I'm giving you an upgraded model of this great vacuum. And she was just angry. I and think I'm it's like, a perfectly fine gift. So you wouldn't be angry if somebody got you a vacuum? No. As chief vacuumer <laughs> of my house, I appreciate a good vacuum. I'm I'm fine with a good vacuum. So Especially after, if you need a good vacuum. My wife's dad also <laughs> is really resistant, like, you know, because he is a contractor too, as all his life is really resistant. Like, don't get me tools. I don't want you to buy me things that lead to me working more as a gift for me. <laughs> and I'm like kind of the opposite where it's like well that's kind of cool though if someone gets you like a you know a brand new good planer or something that's yeah. a super sharp blade like you're, every time you pull that thing out you're gonna be like oh this is amazing but he's like i hate that i don't want that and so i've always thought that like the things that you might need are not good gifts. And so this year, seeing this is sort of like made it okay for me. No, you know what? I saw it on the internet, so it's true. <laughs> Something you want is okay. So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna I'm gonna allow myself to buy some things that that people need and not just you know only desires of the heart. Hmm. 
like socks. Remember when your grandma used to get you the like care package of like socks and underwear and all that? That was that gift where you kind of open them and like, oh, this sucks, but I'm yeah. I'm glad I have it. You but know? it's from grandma, so I have to act like I really like it. Yeah, too. it's the fruit of the loom. <laughs> I hated man. getting clothes as a kid. Hated it. Like, <laughs> what is this? I already have a pair of jeans. Why do I need a second pair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Um, we get back. I always want to talk a little bit about uh, home prices. We got some data this week on home prices. Thought it'd be fun to talk about. So we'll do this uh, first break here, the second hour, and we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. MLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, he's going to find All right. Well, Jim, Santa thank you. Yeah, no problem. You're, you're helping me get more into the Christmas spirit. I might just tune my truck to some... Christmas music on the way home. Yeah. Uh, our our uh, sister station down the hall, Coast, is playing Christmas music. Oh, 
104.5. Like all day, completely? Every day? All day, every day. Nice. Good for them. Yeah. Right on. It's jukebox country, or country music. Um, Christmas music. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, so get a little plug for Coast down the hall here. 104.5. Nice. 104.5? Did yes. they move? But they were 103. Well, we well when we when they did the old changeover here a couple of years ago, they bought the intellectual property, but not the frequency. Hmm. There's a big thing there with the FCC. Okay. But anyway, so, so it's you at still 104.5. To... Oh wait, coast at 104.5, not 101.3 anymore. Oh. Got it. Well, yeah, 104.5. All right. Okay. Yes. I mean, I just confirmed it on the internet. It's true. There it is. I, I worried that you were mistaken, Jim. There you go. No. But you're not. You're spot on. Exactly. Um. All right. So, want to talk a little bit about this Case and Schiller Home Price Index that came out? Um, pretty exciting. We got a uh, some. Home price appreciation at like 3.2%. We might have talked about this one. I I kept this in my notes here, so we might have talked about this one before. But it came up again this week about, uh, you know, just what's going to happen with real estate. Have you been seeing the articles kind of flooding the internet lately about um, what might be the case in in 2020? Mm, No. So what are you talking about? You can find if you just go look at like, you know, the general news sources, whether you like Apple News or Yahoo News, whatever, there's a place where you kind of pull up some headlines and see what interests you. Um, You find these uh, sections in there that talk about 2020, you know, what what next year's real estate is going to hold for you. And I found that sort of across the different news outlets there's some talk that the shortage is real, that housing shortage, inventory, um, kind of just existing home sales, these things changing hands are in tough shape and putting upward pressure on prices and creating, you know, bidding wars still in plenty of markets. And then also, though, you could find these other articles that are saying that 2020 might just hold this might be the year that has that correction which begins to shift the perception of people whether or not you're interested in being a homeowner this year as is rate you know potentially values stabilize or maybe even decline uh interest rates this year um, we know are lower than they were last year. I saw uh, a news clipping last week um, where this there was a quote in this article that said that from October of 18 to October of 19 that the mortgage interest rate had dropped by one point. And this definitely was a great year in – the rate environment for people, whether you're buying or refinancing, you got to love low interest rates. I mean, it just makes it more affordable for sure. everybody. Um, but so that being said, they were kind of tying together this idea that, hey, with the real limited amount of you know existing home sales trading hands, we just don't see 
enough pending and existing home sales happening um, with the fact that these rates are so low so that if and when rates scooch up a little bit, and like we were talking in the first hour, the target of the Feds through 2022 is to see a Fed funds rate that's about a half a point higher than it is now, which to me, you know, I don't Obviously, the Fed doesn't set the mortgage interest rate, but there's a relationship there. And that tells me, hey, we should probably expect that by the end um, of the same period, that mortgage interest rate should be about a half a point higher, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how we're led to believe it works. So in this environment where rates are really low, the volume's low, the housing shortage is present, um, when rates go up a little bit, there'll be even less volume. Um, which is going to create more shortage and put more pressure on real estate. So I think that's a kind of an interesting thing here of um, how you want to look at it. CNBC's headline says next year will be hard on the housing market. See? And projections from – is this National Association of Realtors? Um yeah, this is these are projections here um, that suggest existing home sales will fall nearly two percent in from twenty nineteen to next year, and that home price appreciation will increase at a less than one percent pace. And yeah. I've got that thing where <laughs> videos are just popping up for no good reason. So yeah, that that doesn't sound like a rosy real estate picture at all. If if we've got low supply, but still declining sales uh, and slowing home appreciation. And then they said just with the typical summer buying season where things heat up a little bit, that just all these factors together that when demand does pick up as it naturally does in the summer season, that we could hit the lowest levels of housing supply ever next summer. So Which makes for a tough market. Yeah, it makes for a tough market, and it ultimately means that you're going to end up with uh, lots of upward pressure on prices. Which is weird, though, because they're saying that home price appreciation is going to fall to below 1%. So I think, yes, typically low supply would would lead to that higher appreciation, but I think we're re- reaching this point in the market where the affordability just – is the primary factor here. And even with the low supply kind of keeping prices up, you know, keeping demand high that even with that high demand, people just can't afford homes that are much more expensive than they are today. I pulled up an article here from housing wire um, where Zillow has weighed in on what they think 2020 holds. Um, and they said, so here's this headline, the good times to keep on rolling in 2020. Mm, a little different um, spin. Yeah. And basically just saying that the, the growth itself may be slower um, than the strongest pace we've seen throughout the recovery, but it'll occur throughout the whole next year. Um, and, and essentially into the body of the um, the article here, basically what they're just saying is, that, hey, the, the economy's good. People are working, unemployment rate is low, um, and that um, home values in this article um, 
December 2019 through December 2020, home values are expected to grow at 2.8%. Um, that it's down from the um, you know October to October rate, but they're you know altogether if. And these guys, they've got a lot of data. I mean, we don't necessarily love Zillow. Um, in fact, you hear a lot of people that work within the real estate and mortgage industry like to kind of hate on Zillow just because they're kind of a threat with yeah, their sure. technology and size. They've got a whole lot of data. I'm not going to say that makes them always right, but it's interesting to me that here they're coming out saying, hey, we we think the good times bit. roll. Yeah. And I I think I kind of feel that way too. I want to feel that way. The cynic in me is is critiquing the source here. Zillow is a lister of properties, a buyer of properties, a seller of properties. They're getting into the mortgage business. You know, so this is a company that's obviously they're their money is made in the real estate industry. So I think there's some incentive there for them to uh, paint a rosier picture. Um, at the same time, I would expect Realtor.com, which is the source of this CNBC article, I would expect them to have a similar type of stake in the market as Zillow does. So you would kind of expect similar sentiment, but here well, we have a slightly need... different spin on it. Well, and if you're Zillow with their reach, right? I mean, their their news reach is pretty powerful. Um, if it's all about sentiment, man, got to keep you sure. believing. We, wanna, we, we don't want to tell you that it's no good over here. Um, if we really need you to come over for the, the health of everything together. So I, I got to imagine there's a fair amount of that, of just... Keep the spin positive so the morale stays high and people keep on um, spending. Kind of interesting anyway. I, I mean, the one fun thing about it, especially after what, you know, been doing Mortgage Matters here for like 11 years now. So we've straddled this this year-end reconciliation and the, the New Year's predictions multiple times and the great thing that i've learned is that um we're pretty often we're not right mm -hmm. it's usually because we're trying to predict things based on a lack of knowledge of what the year really holds right so while it's fun it's kind of just fodder and uh you know all together nobody really has a choice but to just Go through it, right? Mm -hmm. Get up, put your pants on one leg at a time. You guys put your pants on one leg at a time, right? Most of the time. Generally, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you got to do like a... You got to do this sit down sit thing. Sit down, just, two yeah. legs, and then it doesn't work. you got to stand up and do a hop, right? I was going to say, you ever try to hop into them? Yeah. That's a recipe for falling on your face real fast. Exactly. I don't. I mean, I, I'm pretty. Can't say that I've ever done it. I've seen people do it on the internet. Pretty so. sure I've only ever uh, done so a one leg. So much easier to just down there and do the one yeah, leg thing. Yeah. yeah. Time yeah. tested. So, anyways, we'll we'll end up we'll we'll see what this uh, what this year holds. We're going to end up here at the final commercial break here of the show, and one thing that we haven't talked about yet this week we got. Um, reading on both consumer prices and producer prices. So that give us an idea about uh, inflation. Dan, inflation? Yeah, not I'm ready yet. I'm picking. Not, I'm with you. Not ready yet? 
<laughs> next week. I'm with you. Whenever, whenever. All right, we're gonna do the uh, the final commercial break here of hour two. We'll be back in just a minute with the conclusion of Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. What's your favorite Christmas song? This is up there. Little Drummer Boy. Mm -hmm. I used to like watching it too. Yeah. 
That's a good one. Mm. What is a parumpa pum pum? I think there is. It's the sound on the drum. It is? Are you sure? I'm going to ask. Um, dear Google, what is a parumpa pum pum? Parumpa pum pum. We'll just keep it rolling here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's no answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm going to try to find some instrumental for this. So, Okay. Mm. Let's see if I can get some instrumental. Okay. Uh, before the break, I said we were going to talk inflation and, um, kind of a snoozer, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm expecting you to add some color commentary here. Um, but consumer prices showed inflation to be quite manageable, um, plus 0.3% with the core, um, consumer price index at 0.2%. Um, pretty lackluster there. Um, energy prices rose a little bit um, on the back of gasoline and fuel costs. Um, shelter increased a little bit. Blah, blah, blah. Pretty subdued. Um, so I found out this week, uh, listening to some of the Fed comments, that they... They have their preferred inflation index, which is the CPE, uh-huh. I believe is what it is. And they said that that reading for the year was coming in somewhere around like 0.3%. Very low. Very low. They use this one that gets a little more of the, the headlines, the news headlines, um, this consumer price index, CPI, as their gauge for future inflation. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's the distinction, and that's how they, the Fed, uses these different uh, economic indicators. Yeah. Um, producer prices also came out this week, and um, oh, I've got the thing loaded back for me on Parumpa Pum Pum. My news article got uh, written over. By my searching for the meaning of parumpa pum pum, producer prices were expected to be up about 0.2 percent, and they came in flat, so no gain. Yep. Um, my preferred inflation index, of course. Yeah, the Fed's using the PCE. Oh, PCE. They they look a little bit at um, CPI, PPI. What are you looking at, Dan? I also prefer the CPI, but it's a different one. It's the annual Christmas price index. Of course. And it's it's the only index that matters this time of year. Um, but it paints a very, very similar picture of inflation um, as to what we're seeing. With really? The, with the Fed's preferred... Is it PCE or CPE? Whatever. PCE. I think it's... Whatever. The one that the Fed likes. Yeah. Um, the one that I like, the Christmas price index, showed a measly 0.2% inflation for the year. Wow. Very 0.2. subdued. 0.2. In fact, the website I go to has real-time data, and it's actually been kind of flickering between 0.1% and 0.2% increase year over year. Um, 
So, not a lot of appreciation out there. You can understand why the Fed is in their rate-cutting cycle based on this yeah. Christmas price index alone. Needs some stimulus yeah, to it, I feel. Something. So um, we can go through it in a little bit more detail and find out really where... I imagine, like always, there's some categories that are up a little and some that are down a little. Sure, sure. I mean, we start with one of the favorites, one of the most common, the uh, partridge in a pear tree. Mm-hmm. It was actually down almost 5% this year. Um, wow. part- partridge prices remained very stable. It was the price of the... Make up the savings in the pear tree. tree. Yep. That was down about ten bucks from two hundred dollars to one ninety. Wow, brilliant! Uh, yeah, so go out and get yourself a pear tree. Good time gifts, to buy a little bit of gift savings on day one here of Christmas shopping. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, a big factor in the subdued inflation is the turtle doves. Two okay. turtle doves this year are down twenty percent. Wow! If you want holiday savings. You need to be looking at turtle doves. Wow. Um, they, two turtle doves this year will cost you just $300. Wow. Down significantly. So that's big news out there for this holiday season. Um, let's see here. Our turtle doves must not be great eating. I wouldn't think so. How come I'm not getting the price changes here on the French? And, oh, this is sad. French hens are, are giving me no my price change, so they must have just stayed the same. Flat. Uh, the French hens remain the most affordable birds in this index. So there, you can get three French hens for just 180 bucks or 60 bucks a bird. That feels like the a difference lot between the turtle doves and the French hens. I mean, come on. I don't know. Well, well I sure. mean, turtle doves feel, um, and obviously at their price point, I mean, you can, it's nearly three to two for. French hens against a turtle dove. But you can clearly see that this, um, the affordability of the French hen is obviously affecting the turtle dove prices. That's why they're down so significantly. It's the first price decline for turtle doves since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you knew uh, that. But how does it compare to the four? Weird, Jim. <laughs> We're at a 15-year low wow. for the turtle dove prices. But does it compare at all to the four calling birds? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Four calling birds, you asked. <laughs> no change in price. Wow. No change in price whatsoever. Um, you can get your four calling birds right around, right around $600. Wow. This is too much. This song is... A, this guy's... This guy's given his true love a lot of uh, aviary, and I. She probably has to have cages and yeah. trees. I'm not a big fan of taking outdoor creatures and putting them inside in the first place, let alone a tiny little cage. But yeah, I mean, I uh, got my grandmother a lovebird, and and she really likes it. Yeah, we have one of our uh, one of our employees at Central Coast Lending is a bird fan and has a bird wake her up at six a.m. every morning. Yeah, that's great. Is that Lauren? No, that's yeah, that's but then, Anne. But then we oh. have the six geese of land coming up here pretty soon. Well, too, but before so. we get there, we're rushing right past one of the shining stars of the index, five gold rings. Oh yes, the price of gold. Price of gold is definitely up after a tough twenty eighteen. Gold is up ten percent this year. 
Wow. Um, so your five gold rings this year will cost you about $825. Um, but yeah, we get back into the bird category here with <laughs> geese Elaine. Now, geese are kind of bucking the bird trend a little and uh, and are up. Well, the, they're clearly valuable though the uh because they're laying they're they're in prime laying season so you know right. geese egg omelets what's nice is if you get yourself six geese a laying they'll give you more geese because sure. they are a laying so um yeah. and this year it will cost you uh 7.7 more to buy those six geese a laying second they, only to gold yeah okay they run about 70 bucks a, a goose hmm. um as we move on. But you can get the, the whole gaggle there. Yeah. Now, Swans of Swimming. Seven Swans of Swimming. They are they have a talent. the bird. They are the top bird in this index. The Seven Swans of Swimming. While the price didn't change this year, they remain at 13125 So it's almost two grand a bird. Wow. For Swans of Swimming. Two thousand bucks for a swan, um, and they're not even laying eggs. Not laying or they're, singing. They're a swimming. Okay, these they're swimming. These swans swimming. are a swimming. <laughs> Man, what's next? I tell you, this is just mind blowing to me. After all these various birds and their prices, we get to the eight maids of milking. I feel like these maids need to reevaluate their price. Um, I don't know that they're really... Are they making minimum wage? Eight maids of milking is costing you only $58. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Up or down from last year? Flat. Flat. It's just... No wage growth for the... Eight maids of milking hasn't changed in a decade. Tough gig. And I think that's fairly emblematic of wages in general. Wages are pretty pretty i mean over the flat. last decade wages have changed quite a bit for you know i mean what's it it's averaged probably what a percent and a half a year well they do tie the maids of milking to federal minimum wage so maybe as long as it just remains in line it's, then it's considered a no change right entry level work and just if you're a maid get to milk in don't expect yeah. more than just the equivalent of federal minimum wage. What's nice about maids of milking, though, is it's an entry-level position, and if you excel at your job of a milking, then you can <laughs> move on to be one of the ladies dancing. There you go. Now, nine ladies dancing, substantial wage increase. Well, you got to get cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, still, no price <laughs> increases for the nine ladies dancing, but you will definitely earn a higher wage. Those nine ladies are going to cost you about 7500 bucks. Mm, dang. So substantial increase for that skilled labor. Yeah, that's wild. Um, whereas the maids of milking, it's an entry-level job, but hey, you got to start somewhere. But is there equality between that and the ten lords of leaping? Jim, I'm glad you asked. Um, yeah, because there might be an equality there. The, I'm, the good news is that like the nine ladies dancing, there was no increase in prices for the 10 lords of leaping that would have been disappointing to see a an increased disparity but there is a disparity nonetheless 10 lords of leaping are going to cost 
ten thousand dollars. How much were the uh... nine ladies dancing? Were seventy five hundred dollars. Wow. Well, those were truly just ladies, though, and these are lords. These are lords. So you probably do have to pay a little bit of a premium to have lords. They've got the, um, you know, the plaque on the wall. Does it, does being a lord come with a plaque on the wall? Some kind Not of sure. framed certificate? Not sure. I don't know. Maybe just a little nick on the ear from. And there's the also one additional lord. Yeah, there is. So, so the, when you break it down per more. lord, but it still is per... more. It feels that yeah. it's more. Interesting. Um, as we continue to move on, uh, Piper's Piping. So this is the first uh, labor position here within the Christmas Index where we've actually seen some some increase in price. Everything else that's involved a human component here has been flat. Uh, but the 11 Piper's Piping are actually up 0.8% this year. Um, obviously it's a lot better to be a Lord a leaping. If you're a Piper piping and there's 11 of you, you guys are only going to get 2750 this year, $2,750. So I guess, I guess it's kind of just showing that we don't value the arts as much. Well, Lords a leaping is an art too. Yeah. Yeah. Is that more of like a athletic but, event? A but sporting they event? are Lords. So true. True. You know, this we go be back more to more like management kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Up, you know, and then the drummers drumming drummers drumming also up 0.8% this year. Wow. Again, we just don't value the music as much as the, um, athletic prowess of the Lords of leaping. Hmm. The drummers are 12 of them are going to, um, get about $3,000. Dang. I guess that's typical for a musical gig though. Altogether, um, for, for such a string of fantastic gifts, um, as the giver, you'd be very pleased that year over year, um, with you know some different price changes in between some here or there, the the bill hasn't changed much from last year. So the total cost of the entire Christmas song this year is flat. Yeah, from last year, it's zero inflation. It's going to cost you a hundred and seventy thousand dollars to buy every gift you hear in the song, which. By the way, is about 364 gifts. Um, there is a core index, a core Christmas price index, where we exclude those swans. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you exclude swans, the Christmas price index was actually up 0.3%. Mm-hmm. If you'll remember, swans were down 20% this year. So quite a big outlier. <laughs> so there you have it. When was the 12 Days of Christmas written? I'm not sure. And nevertheless, Let me I mean, find out. I'll try to find out. One hundred and seventy thousand bucks, you say? Um, well, and that's because you have to buy them kind of in factorial as you run through it. Yeah, because uh, several of them get repeated. Yeah. Well, and some of them, you know, obviously the lower numbers that are repeated a lot. So here's a little history for you. This Christmas price index is put out by PNC Bank. They've been tracking this index since 1984. In 1984, the price of all the gifts in the song cost about $20,000. Today, as I mentioned, it costs... 170 Oh, well, this is actually the price of not all the gifts as often as they're mentioned. It's just each gift one time. No. Oh. 
cost $20,000, whereas this year it costs just shy of $40,000. So it's nearly doubled since 1984. It bottomed out actually around uh, 1995, where all gifts in the song uh, purchased just one time cost you just under $18,000. And then, of course, this most recent reading is the highest it's ever been. And by the way, it can be traced to 1780 in England, the song. Wow. Uh, a, so I, uh, but it was given the words in 19, <clears throat> 1909, according to this. So. And I can't, I can't help but that. feel like a second-rate true love now, as I will be spending nowhere near that amount of money, <laughs> nor will I be giving anywhere near that amount of gifts. So I, as a true love, I pale. Uh, anyway... That's it. Dan, thank you. That's a, always a favorite of mine. Yeah, um, it's fun this time of year. Truly. Um, all right, guys, this is the end part here of the show where I just want to remind you that if you want any kind of loan help, uh, if you're thinking about doing a refi, you need to get rid of mortgage insurance, or um, you know, maybe you want to buy a home, first home or second home, vacation home, whatever you need, if you can, uh, if you can live in it, we can finance it. So give us a buzz. or find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. We'll be back next week with another live episode.